Y'all give me a minute. I'm going to put this microphone on so we can get on Facebook. I'm sorry. Got in a hurry and got ahead in the set. Go ahead and take your Bibles, if you will. Let's go to the book of Psalm, uh, Psalm 37. Yeah, we're there, right? Yes. Psalm 37, and uh, we'll begin reading verse 1. I want to talk to you about the desires of your heart this morning. And uh, the thought about this message, I thought, you know, a whole lot of people say, well, you know, I don't believe in that anymore because we get the desires of the heart this way. Some are going to be saying you're exactly right because you've got the desires of the heart. So, uh, you know, this is what I say. Uh, the Word of God is true no matter what happens in our life. Yes. Amen. Amen. No, we, need to, we need to understand that there are some constants in life. There are some things that never change. And our God is one of those things. He never changes. We're in an ever-changing world, but we serve a never-changing God because He knows what's happening even before it happens. Okay? So, uh, whatever the outcome of the election, and depending upon your viewpoints, some say we know, some say we don't know. But whatever the outcome of the election, God already knew it many, 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 many years ago before it ever happened. So, uh, you know, he, uh, he's in charge of these things. And I know uh, that's, a, that's a tough point sometimes when people are like, you have to prove to me God's in charge. Nope. I don't have to prove anything to you. And I promise you I'm not going to try. Because if you do not trust him by faith, no matter how hard I try, I can't prove anything to you. Amen? So Psalm 37, we'll begin reading verse 1. The scripture says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For, thou, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now that's basically what we're talking about, but we're going to use the entire passage to talk about it. Again, I read that verse. Uh, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider, diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. I tell you, I long for the abundance of peace, don't you? Uh, we've, we've spent a long time in our country being divided, and I, I long for the abundance of peace. Uh, I, I believe in unity, and I believe in harmony, but I will not change my stance on the Word of God. I promise you that. Now, let's let's talk about this. We, we often see people that feel, and there's a couple of different things going on in this passage, and I want you to, to kind of know what we're dealing with. There's a couple of things there. One is, in this world, we often see people that, uh, that we feel like uh, 
They were reaping all kinds of blessings and all kinds of rewards. And I guess we're a little bit judgmental sometimes because we look and we see them and we think, man, they, they never go to church, they never read the Bible, they never pray, they never bark in the door. We don't know whether they pray or not. We don't know whether they read the Bible or not because we're not with them 24-7. But we don't see them at church. But I'm going to tell you this. Going to church is not going to get you into heaven. Staying away from church is not going to send you to hell. The only thing that gets you into heaven is a right relationship with Jesus Christ. You must be born again, is what the scripture says. The only thing that will get you into hell is that you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, I believe we ought to go to church. I believe it's an act of obedience and following the Lord. And it's part of living the Christian life. But do not judge someone because they don't go to church. And by the way, something I have discovered. Uh, especially as a pastor, there are times when I don't see people for a while. They go to this and say, hey, you know, I've been missing him. Just kind of wondering, you know, why you guys aren't going to church? Well, we've been going, we've been going somewhere else. It's like a, a knife in the heart of a preacher sometimes when you hear that knife. I'm kidding, but, <laughs> but sometimes you feel like, oh, I feel about this tall. So I try to word things in a little different fashion anymore. But, but here's the key. Just because they aren't in this building doesn't mean they aren't in church. Just because they aren't in church doesn't mean they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe their relationship needs some phoning or something. But here's the thing. We see all these things, and we look at people's lives, and we say, man, they, they are so blessed. It seems like they're doing so good, and everything's great for them. And, you know, they don't even acknowledge God in the same life. And here I am. I try to live right. I try to act right. I try to do what's right. And it seems like I struggle with everything. It seems like at every turn I get knocked down. And every, you know, every time I, I think I'm coming back up, there's another blow. And, and we feel that way sometimes. And I want to tell you, I don't think any of us are immune to that. I think all of us have experienced it at some time or another. But do not get caught up in the frustrations of the world. We, we might even have thoughts like this. And I've uh, shared with people, and they've shared with me that, you know, I, I just think, what's the point? Why, why do I even try? You know, I try to serve the Lord, and it seems like... I don't get blessings, I get cursings. It seems like I, I just don't, you know, it's, it doesn't benefit me anything. So why do I continue? Well, we continue by faith. God instructs us, in verse 1, He instructs us to not fret, nor be envious of them. They shall soon be cut down. Now then, I, we're going to go back to this verse again in just a minute. But here's what I want you to remember. There's a, there's a verse of scripture. Jot this down so you can know it and, and learn it and read it. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 says this. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Okay? Now when I look at it and I, I read this verse that they shall soon be cut down, my fleshly side says, let it happen now. Take care of it, Lord. Boom. Get it done. But then I read 2 Peter 3.8, and it says that a day of the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. So you know what? If it happens in a thousand years, it's soon. Is it not? It's in his time frame, not our time frame. Rest assured of this. We will all stand in judgment before the Lord. I promise you, we will all do that. Uh, someone was sharing a little bit earlier about um, someone who, who possibly professes to be an atheist. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe there's any such thing as a true atheist, because a true atheist, and uh, by the way, Adrian Rogers had a pretty good definition of that. He said, if you break that word down, the word is all theist, which means I believe everything, yet I believe nothing. 
And that's what an atheist actually does. And that's what it actually means. So, uh, you know, and, and some sell it out pretty plain. I just don't believe in God. Let me assure you of something. I can stand here and preach forever. And I can take the whole Bible, go from cover to cover, and give you verse after verse after verse after verse after verse after verse, verse, verse that proves to us or proves to me that there is a God. But guess what? You don't believe in God, you probably won't believe in my And so if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in the Bible, then I'm wasting my time and my breath. But I'm going to tell you anyway, but I do want you to know this. Everybody needs to know this. Whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, it does not change the fact that there is a God. And, and I know y'all are like, well, that's profound. Well, I don't mean it to be profound. I want it to be knowledge-giving because some people think if I don't believe in it, I don't have to answer to it. The scripture says that every shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. I had a deacon one time who put it this way, you can bow now or you can bow later, but you are going to bow. Amen. You can bow when it counts for something or you can bow when you stand in judgment before Almighty God and it's too late. So it doesn't change the fact. So here's what we as believers need to do. We need to remember that God is still in control. Okay? And here's some, uh, the other thing I want you to see from this passage, and it still kind of includes that, is that instructions for believers are given to us right and left in this passage. There's some key words. Uh, for example, uh, in verse 3, uh, I should have included verse 1. The verse 1, he says, for us to fret not ourselves. As believers, we should not be guilty of fretting. I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> How many of us have fretted any this week? I don't tell you, I have fretted some this week. I have fretted some this week. Why? Foolishness on my part. I promise you. Foolishness on my part. And people are like, well, you, you, you're not concerned? Yes, I'm concerned. You don't care? Yes, I care. You know, it doesn't make any difference. Yes, it makes a difference. But I should not fret about it because I can't change it, right? Let me tell you something. If, if you're disappointed with the vote, know this. You cast your vote, and that's what matters. Okay? You did your part. If you didn't vote, don't say nothing. Either way. Now, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it, okay? That's just way I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican. If you don't vote, don't say nothing. You ain't got no, no, no business to say anything. Here you go. All right, let me get back on it. Don't fret. But then here are the things I want you to see. Look at verse 3. The Lord begins to give us some, some real intense instruction he says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So instruction number one is, is to trust in the Lord. Now, we've got to establish what that means because, you know, I can go around and ask people, do you trust the Lord? Oh, yes, I trust God. I trust God. Who I don't want to look like this financial situation. I sure do trust God. Who I don't know how I'm going to handle this, but I sure do trust God. Who I don't know how I'm going to deal with that situation, but I sure do trust God. That is not trusting God. This is going to take Trust in the Lord. And the word literally means to be confident or sure. And it also means be bold. Hmm. I'm confident and I am sure. And it carries with it an evidence. It's evidence by doing good. According to the scripture, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. And the word good there is do his will, is literally what it means. Trust in the Lord. Be confident, be sure, be bold in Christ Jesus. Guys, listen. If you, uh, 
If you have a faith where you're saying, well, yes, I believe in the Lord and I trust Him, but I just don't know about this thing. It doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you something. There are thousands of things that I don't know about every day, every week, and I still have to trust the Lord. I'm going to ask you a very serious question. I know y'all don't think I'm kidding, but it's a very serious question. How many of you expect when this service is over, you're going to get in your automobile, you're going to drive to home or to eat or to wherever you're going? How many of you believe you're going to do that? I hope so. For Facebook folks, I want you to know I didn't see a single hand go up in this building. I'm concerned. Now I'm concerned. No, you saw my headshake. I saw the headshake, yes. And we expect to do that, do we not? Is it a guarantee? No. Do we know for sure it's going to happen? No. No, but we're confident of it. Right? We're confident of it. We're pretty sure of it. And we're pretty bold about it. Hey, this service is over. I'm going home. That's what I'm going to do. Nope. I'm going to do something different today. But anyway, that's what we, we, we need to be have that kind of assurance in our faith. If we're going to trust in the Lord... We're going to have confidence in Christ Jesus. You know, I wasn't going to go there, but I don't want to have this again. You know, people are like, well, I don't understand what the big deal is about the election and so forth, okay? And I'm not going into a lot of details, but I'm going to tell you something. Lots of things have the potential of changing in our lives and very quickly, very quickly. But let me tell you this. If I go from rags to riches or riches to rags, God's still God, he's still my Savior, right? Amen. If the whole world is against me, God is still for me, and nothing changes about that. And here's the thing that I think we need to concentrate on, and that is we need to focus on the fact that we serve a risen, living Savior who has assured us that we have eternal life. You know, I, I, I shudder to think about perhaps one day somebody in this country saying what I heard a girl say in, in Russia when I was there as we stood in the hallway of a hotel and had a church service and she came over and sat with us and she said, listen, as a little girl, I heard my grandmother sing these songs that y'all are singing. Not the same words, but she recognized the tunes because she spoke Russian, we spoke English and we're talking through a translator. But she said, my grandmother sang these songs. She said, and my grandmother read from a book. And I've always wanted a copy of that book. And I didn't know, even know what it was. I just knew she read from that book. And we read uh, some verses. And, and she said some stuff and, that she remembered her grandmother read. And we recognized the book. <laughs> it was the book. And we gave her a Bible. And, and, I, and I watched her just shed tears like a, I mean, just as if she just, you know, been given the greatest gift of her life. And as she prayed with one of our pastors to receive Jesus Christ as her Savior, she did receive the greatest gift of her life. I shudder to think that, that our children may have to experience some of those kind of things in our own country, but it may happen. But it does not change the fact that God is still in control, that Jesus Christ is still on the throne, that he's still the Savior of the world, right? It doesn't change that. So our faith and trust in Mitch Puckett some of y'all know Mitch, Mitch is my nephew, but Mitch Puckett uh, had a thing on Facebook. I don't know if any of y'all saw his post or not, but Mitch is standing out holding a great big old fish. Looked like a big old bass to me uh, in his hand. And he said, I don't put my trust in Donald Trump and I don't put my trust in Joe Biden. I put my trust in God who provides my every need. Yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? We think about who provides for us? God does. So 
We need to understand and remember our faith and trust is in Jesus Christ. Trust in the Lord. Secondly, he uses another word. Look at verse 4. He says, delight thyself. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you have ever quoted this verse that the Lord shall provide all my needs? You ever quoted that? Or the desires of my heart. The Lord shall give me the desires of my heart. You ever heard that quote? The Lord said he needs the desire of your heart. Has I ever heard it? Okay, let's go to the Sabbath ground rules. This is uh -huh, this is uh -huh. Okay, you don't want to raise your hand. Okay. Maybe we can do some of the eyes so people behind you can't tell us where you're going. This is not a thing we're going to be in trouble for both of either way, okay? I want you to understand that. Delight thyself in the Lord. You know, the, the fact is that he said, and we shall receive the desires of our heart. Ooh, that's an awesome, exciting. It just it just sets me over the moon when I think about receiving the desires of my heart. Isn't that what everybody wants to do? Yes. Some of y'all are really depressed. <laughs> Come on, we gotta get beyond this. Let's go. Well, you know, we, we, we throw it out there. And listen, I believe every word in the scripture is true. Every single word. And I believe God meant what he said, he said what he meant. He said he would give us the desires of our heart. But do not miss the first part of the verse. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now then, let's talk about the word delight. Y'all know I'm big on definitions, because I believe it's important to know what a word means if we're going to get the understanding of the verse, right? So the word delight literally means, according to the Hebrew, and that's what I went to, the Hebrew uh, dictionary, but according to the Hebrew, delight I said to the Lord literally means, and this is going to blow you away, but it literally means to be soft or pliable. I don't know what y'all think about, but the first thing I thought about was Play-Doh. Lord, tell me to be Play-Doh. Don't hear me say the Lord. Be Play-Doh in the Lord. Why? What do we do with Play-Doh? We make little things out of it. We eat food, we wind up. <laughs> God is molding us and making us every single day of our lives. Every day. Listen. Listen, this is what I fail to get sometimes. I want you to hear this, and it's very important. Those good things happen in my life, and I say, oh, thank you, Lord, for, for giving me that. Thank you, Lord, for doing that for me. Thank you, Lord, for doing that to me or bringing me through that or whatever. But when those bad things happen, I'm kind of slow to thank him for that sometimes. But, you know, they're molding us too. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of that stuff is happening, and God is molding us to be soft or pliable it also means luxurious and delicate. Y'all, that don't mean fit. Sure it does. To be soft and pliable. The Lord wants us to be soft and pliable, that we are flexible to his will, that he molds us and makes us and shapes us as we go through the day of life, that he gives us instruction and we follow that. Luxurious is part of the blessing of the delight. Now, if I go to Webster's Dictionary, Webster's Dictionary has seven or eight different definitions there of delight. But, but to, to sum it up the best, Webster's Dictionary teaches us that delight is a high degree of pleasure or satisfaction. Would luxury and a high degree of pleasure and satisfaction be kind of the same thing, you think? I think it would. 
to be with him. The high degree of pleasure or satisfaction to be soft and pliable in the hands of the Lord. And he says to us to delight ourselves in the Lord. Many, many speak of their joy or their delight in the Lord, but the proof is in our desire and in our actions. Okay? Well, you know what? The desires of our heart, if we follow the Lord, the desires of our heart are going to be the will of the Lord. The more we trust Him, the more we delight in Him, the more we are soft and pliable in His hands, we're going to become more like Him. If we delight in the Lord, the desires of our heart will be His desires. His desires will fill us, they'll mold us, they'll shape us, they'll make us, and those will be the things that we seek after. Guys, don't tell me that you delight in the Lord, and yet you never read His Word, you never pray, you never attend His services, you never are obedient to His Spirit. Don't tell me you delight in the Lord, and yet you resist the Holy Spirit. Because if we're resisting the Holy Spirit, we are not delighting in the Lord. I promise you. Here's another word. Look with me, if you will, at verse 5. See that first word? I, and I don't know if it's first enough, the translations of King James says, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So not only do we need to not fret, we need to trust in the Lord, we need to delight ourselves in the Lord, but we need to commit our way unto the Lord. And uh, this, is, this, was, this Hebrew word just really threw me. I can't speak Hebrew, so I'm not telling you the words. It wouldn't mean a whole lot to you unless you speak it anyway. But the Hebrew word means to roll together. The Hebrew word for commit means to roll together. Can you see that? If you're going to make biscuits and do them from scratch, you take all the ingredients, you put them there, you kind of squeeze it all up. That's what mom used to do. You roll them together. Can you separate them after you put them together? Mm. I like to make chocolate oatmeal cookies. I know some of y'all like them, some of y'all don't. I'm, far, I'm sorry for those of y'all that, that, that don't. But anyway, once I start putting ingredients in the pan, they don't separate. And I usually my first two ingredients on the sugar and the chocolate. <laughs> you put sugar and chocolate together, mix it up real good, can you separate it? Nope. I'm not going to say no, but I'm going to say it's going to be real, real hard, right? So if we're going to commit ourselves unto the way of the Lord, it means that we're going to roll together. We're going to intertwine. We're going to mix in. We're going to be there. And we're going to be inseparable from God. Now, guys, I want to tell you something. I know people who, when they're at church, are committed to the Lord. And when they get at home, they're semi-committed to the Lord. And when they get at work, they're less semi-committed to the Lord. <laughs> now, if you're committed to Him, it's the same here, here, and here. It's inseparable. He becomes a part of our lives that we cannot separate from. And we cannot, you know, we can't set it apart and set it aside. I'm sorry. I, I have preacher friends that tell me that they don't have a problem with abortion. Or they don't have a problem with the, the laws. I, hey, I'm going to throw it out there. I've said it before. I've said it again. I cannot vote for a Democrat candidate because the Democratic Party platform supports abortion. You cannot say to me that I'm a born-again believer and I support that platform and still tell me that you believe the Word of God wholeheartedly. It does not mix together. I'm sorry. Amen. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to be honest. You want to know why I don't vote for Democrats? I don't mind telling you. Maybe that I don't like them. I know some people that are Democrats that I like really, really well. But I cannot vote for them. It upsets them when I tell them I can't vote for them. 
And then they begin to tell me, but, but I don't believe that. Okay? Then get off of that platform. I'm sorry. Did you need to go there? Sorry. <laughs> but if we're going to commit our way to the Lord, we're going to roll together with Him. We're going to be as one. Guys, and, and listen, when I roll together with God, it means that I look in the Scripture and what I see is part of my life. I can't say, well, God, I accept this part, but I don't accept this. Lord, I, I, I'll accept that, but I won't accept this. We have to accept His Word as is, right? The whole thing. Sometimes I, I, I see people and they say, well, there's no way, preacher, you're ever going to convince me that this is God's will for my life when I go through these things. I'm going to tell you something. And, and I, I'm just throwing it out there. My brother's family has been through more this past year than anybody I know. And I still see the faith in hear them saying, you know, I don't know what God has in soul, but I know he has something great. Pretty awesome thing. Pretty awesome thing. We have people sitting right here among us that have been through some bad years and they still know that God has something great coming. Why? Because we trust in Him and we are committed unto Him. We have an unwavering dependence upon the Lord is what it means that we commit. It's an unwavering, unfaltering, unfailing, unchanging dependence upon the Lord. Some people say, well, you know, I, I, it's such a hard time in my life. There's no way that I can, I can believe God in this. And then others are like, it's such a hard time in my life. I couldn't make it without God. Can you use flash? None of us could. None of us. If you believe or if you don't believe, you still couldn't make it through without the hand of God. I promise you that. Well, let's put it on. Verse, uh, verse 7. The other thing I see is he says to rest in the Lord. Let's back up this minute. Let's talk about the commit just for another second. Commit thy way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. What does it mean that he brings our righteousness as the light and our judgment as the noonday? That those things in our life are going to be hidden from no one. Our righteousness will shine forth because we have our, ourselves committed to him and our faith and trust is in him. And our, our judgment is going to be the same as our righteousness on you know that? If our righteousness is limited or weak, well, the fact is we have no righteousness except through Jesus Christ, right? So we either have righteousness or we don't. We either have him or we don't have him. And if we don't have him, our judgment is as bright as any day sun. It means that everybody knows. It's that. And even more importantly, we know. We know. And we see that it's coming. We must do something about it. Rest in the Lord. Verse 7. Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently. Whew, that's a hard one. Isn't it? <laughs> that's a hard one. Even for believers, it's tough to rest patiently and wait in the Lord. You know, when we when we rest, it's you know, I didn't look up the Hebrew word for rest, but literally resting means that we're not afraid. You know, uh, some of y'all know this. I have this thing called sleep apnea, and this is all I know about. And there are about three or four things I know about sleep at. Number one is they tell me I don't sleep well. I could have told them that without a test. Number two, they tell me that I snore. My wife told them that without a test. And number three, they say that my body doesn't rest because I have sleep at. And I'm sleeping awake and sleeping awake and sleeping awake. And I won't ever get into that deep sleep. So they put a machine on me to give me deep sleep. All I know is that machine blows air into my mouth all night long. 
And sometimes I wake up gasping because my mouth is full of air and I can't breathe. So it's a long story. But here's the thing. I don't rest when I'm sleeping, apparently. This word rest means that we are undisturbed, we're totally settled, we're completely free from the worry of it all. That's an awesome thought to me. May not mean that you, it's an awesome thought to me. Wow. Rest. Rest. That's what I'm worried Rest. Hmm. Now, I will tell you this. When I put my machine on, I go to sleep. I don't know it may disturb Charlie all night long that machine run, but I never hear it after about 10 seconds. <laughs> and uh, I can't tell you whether I sleep better or not, but anyway, they say I'm resting better according to all the statistics that the computer tells them. So if we rest the Lord and wait patiently, we're not looking and comparing to the wicked. Let's read the rest of the verse. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. If we're fretting about that, we're not resting. We're not resting. We need to rest in the Lord. And if we're fretting about that, it means we're not putting our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And then verse 8, another one that I pulled out of there, is he says to cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Evil doers shall be cut off. They shall be cut off. Verse 9 says evil doers shall be cut off. But those that wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So, to add the last one, it is wait upon the Lord. We've already talked about it too. Uh, he says to rest in the Lord and wait patiently, but wait upon the Lord and let His will be done. Trust Him in everything. You know, and I'll have a little bit of confession with you. Uh, sometimes my mind uh, just, just goes on a tangent and I just start wondering. And it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. What if this happens? Where does that go? Where does it lead? Is it going to be this? Is that that? And you get caught in that stuff. It's like a big old snowball sitting out there. And they say you're having an avalanche in your mind. And you borrowed trouble that hadn't even happened. May never happen. You're not at risk. You don't have any peace. And you wind up getting angry. <laughs> Whew. Remember, Wednesday night, if you didn't, uh, if you weren't here Wednesday night, you didn't hear the sermon Wednesday night, Go back to uh, uh, go to the Facebook page and catch me tonight's sermon because we talked about revenge and we talked about the eventual. And the scripture says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not ours, it's His. And we cannot have a vengeful spirit. We have to have a forgiving, loving spirit. And we have to learn to pray one for another. So I've shared with you about five or six things that the Lord has told us that we need to do. It's instructions for us. Uh, those things, he said that we should uh, fret not, we should trust in the Lord, we should delight ourselves in the Lord, we should commit our way unto the Lord, we should rest in the Lord, and we should cease from anger and forsake wrath. Well, now, let me tell you very quickly the promised blessings of the Lord, or from the Lord, if we do these things. He promised if we fret not, evil shall be cut down. He promised if we trust, 
that we would dwell in the land and be fed. And let me tell you what that literally means. I don't want you to walk away thinking, well, God's just going to feed us and we don't have to do anything. No. He's going to provide for us the means of taking care of our needs. That's what he's going to do. Okay? We should dwell in the land and be fed. Thirdly, if we delight ourselves, then the desire, we shall receive the desires of our heart. Delight ourselves in the Lord, we shall receive the desires of our heart. Why is that? This is test time. Why is it we receive the desires of our heart? Because as we delight in the Lord, His desires become our desires, right? His will becomes our desires. So we receive the desires of our heart. You know, we, we begin to think like Him. We begin to act like Him. We begin to seek the things that He seeks. And, and the one thing that this echoes over and over in my mind, and I know y'all know this because I say it so very, very often, and, uh, and I think it really just, just resonated with me after some of our mission trips that, uh, you know, we would always say this, that we need on our parts what God has on his heart. And what he has on his heart is people. All people. Guys, I know this. I, I know this. Lots of things happen. Uh, you know, if you're afraid about the election, remember this. Look back and study the Old Testament and study Israel. And what happened with the nation of Israel? God had a perfect and a divine plan for the nation of Israel. And, and so the people of Israel got looking around and they said, hey, every other nation has a king and we don't have a king. God, we want a king. Lord said, you don't need a king. You have God. <laughs> oh, but Lord, we need a king. Because some other nations look at us and think we don't have a leader. They think we're divided because we don't have a leader. And they made a million and one excuses why they needed a king. And God gave them to them and he said, okay, you can have a king. You know what happened? They went through three kings. Saul, David, Solomon. And what happened to the nation? It's split. It's split. So sometimes, sometimes God allows, you know, and I think I've heard it described this way. God has a perfect will and then he has a permissive will. And sometimes he allows his permissive will to take place. And I'm telling you this, I don't know who God's trying to teach what. I pray he's teaching me something every single day. I pray that, that I get drawn closer to him every single day, that I learn more and I, and I get set and I get ready to do his will no matter what the circumstances. You know, we've, we've enjoyed the luxury of, of having church and having services and being able to worship freely and share the gospel on the street corners. And, and now in the last several or last few years, we've seen several of those things begin to, to disappear, to go away. It's beginning to be illegal to preach on street corners in a lot of the cities and you can get arrested because it's considered hate crime if you talk about sin and you describe sin as what it is. And, you know, so and so forth. Preachers are being arrested out of pulpits for preaching the gospel and, and speaking against abortion and homosexuality and speaking against uh, you know, gay marriage and speaking against uh, the, the issues of the world, the addictions and sufferings and so forth that are going on in our world. And, and people are being arrested for sin because it's considered a hate crime in a lot of places. Now, you know, is it going to change what I preach? No, because the Word of God didn't change on the issue. It's still there. And just because I don't like it doesn't mean that God's going to change it. But sometimes he allows this permissive will to happen. And what we've got to do is we've got to get our focus on Jesus Christ and know in whom we have believed. 
And we are persuaded that he is able. Every time I, I say this, I think of dying in the house singing that song. And we are persuaded that he is able to keep us against that day. She sings that song and sings it better than anybody I've ever heard. I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep us against that day. Guys, don't, 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 don't fret. Don't get caught up in all this stuff. And I know, uh, you know, it's easy for me to say that. And I've really tried really hard. This week I've been trying really hard. And I think you can ask people that have been around me that, that I've been somewhat quiet. I'll express my opinion, but I don't try to force my opinion. You know, but, but here's the thing. We're not, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and the powers of the air. You know, my faith, my hope, my trust, as much as I love this country, it's not in the United States. My faith, my hope, my trust is in Jesus Christ. As much as I believe we have the best country on earth, my faith and hope and trust is in Jesus Christ because he's the only one, the only one that matters in the end. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Hey, I'm just telling you, if I die today and go to heaven, God's not going to ask me, who is your choice for president before he lets me in? We think. I know, preacher, we're tired of hearing that stuff. Yeah, me too. But let me tell you this. The Lord has promised us that if we we would follow him, we need to trust him, delight in him, commit our ways into him, that we need to rest in him and cease from our anger. If we do those things, we'll receive the desires of our heart. And we shall inherit the earth. I, you know, I, I looked at and did a little research on that inheriting the earth. <laughs> I was going to tell you something. I heard one guy say, well, that ain't much inheritance. This earth is a mess. I said, well, it is a mess. But you got to know the story. To inherit the earth, guess what? We're going to inherit his perfect earth. And that word inherit means that, that we have ownership. And that we have dominion. And we have power. And our ownership and our dominion and our power is in Christ Jesus. Hmm. We must have our faith and trust in him. Guys, he's, he's made so many promises to us. That was the last one I didn't, didn't have to read to you. Commit that way to the Lord. And the promise he makes is that we would receive righteousness and judgment. The righteousness and judgment would be brought forth and shown out in the, in the light of day. Your righteousness won't be as hidden. It'll be out where people can see it. If we rest in the Lord and cease from our evil, evildoers are going to be cut off. Righteousness or the righteous shall inherit the earth. That's a promise from God. A promise from Him. I remind you, uh, uh, there's a verse of scripture that, uh, that, that I saw earlier today that says, lean not into thine own understanding, but trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. When I lean to my own understanding, I'm going to tell you something. I have the weirdest ideas. And I have the weirdest, the weirdest, most confusing thoughts. So I have to trust in the Lord. Because if I follow Ricky, I'm going to wind up somewhere out in left field wondering, what in the world am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? We must learn to trust in the Lord. If we want to receive the desires of our heart, our heart has to be in tune with his will. It only happens through trusting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and Lord. Now, guys, there will be some things happening in the weeks that come ahead in our country. 
And I want you to know where your faith lies. You need to get that secured. Get it settled, get it secured. Know in whom you have believed. And be persuaded that he is able to keep you against that day. And you know what the day is, don't you? The day of judgment. Day of judgment. Day of judgment. See, when Jesus returns, it's like a day of judgment for believers. So when he returns, he's coming to get the church. And the church is his born again followers. And if you're not ready, he's going to be left behind. That's the day of judgment that I'm concerned about. I promise you. And if I die before then, I'm going on to be with the Lord. But the absence of the body is the present Lord with the cross of all sin. We're going to have a time of invitation. I pray you'll be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And just let God have His way in your life today. Be obedient unto Him. Okay? So we'll be here.